Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Music Challenge Podcast, where every week, three music-loving friends sit down and talk brass tacks about the music that has touched our lives. This season on the Music Challenge Podcast, we'll be talking about our formative four, the four albums that set us on our personal musical journeys. Where did your musical journey begin? Let us know who your formative four are. We'll be featuring listener selections along the way, and we just may feature your groundbreaking music grails. The albums that started it all for you and what you're listening to now. Let us know what we're missing out on and what we can be listening to. Email us at musicchallengepod at gmail.com or slide into our DMs at musicchallengepod on Instagram. Keep your eyes and ears peeled for weekly episodes featuring some of the most influential albums of our past, present, and future. And now, without further ado, let's jump into the latest episode of the Music Challenge Podcast. All right, and we are back, and we are ready for our second album back in the uh, uh, the secret recording location deep inside DuPage County, which you know <laughs> knows means nothing to no one. Right. But uh, so uh, Rob wants to bring his his first formative album <laughs> to us, and uh, what album is that, Rob? It's it's pretty formidable too. Um, this album is Duran Duran Rio. All right. And I just want to do some introductions real quick. That that was Rob, who's going to... Hey, guys. Hey, Rob here. And uh, hey, our buddy, Jed, over here. Hi, y'all. Go over to my right, Jed. Uh, all right. Ready to do all this. right. I'm sitting ahead of the table. So, uh, mm. so, uh, uh, so uh, Rob, yes. just forgot your name for a second. <laughs> um, I'm very... Fr- so, tell me about Duran Duran. How, how was this a seed for you? And, and how did you find it? So my experience with Duran Duran Rio is um, basically I had a brother uh, that was six years older than me and his Mm, record collection, which is ironic, his record collection was basically mine, much to his dismay. Um, He had the record player in the house. We had one in the family room. um, Was his record player like a one... One speaker in the front type job no, thing with no. the lid that opened up? Or? It, was, it did have the lid that opened up. It had an 8-track on it. I remember that. Um, it had a tape deck. so strange. And then a built-in a built-in tuner. And it was like a self-contained yeah, like we Kenwood unit or something with two speakers. It sounded pretty good. I'd die to get that thing back. But anyways, mm. um, so one of the records that he had in his collection was Duran Duran Rail, among others. But I was probably exposed to it fairly early on in, in its inception because I do remember him and his friends right. going crazy about Planet Earth, which was the, oh, which the previous was the first record. album, right. which frankly I wasn't, I knew, uh, please, please tell me now, right. which seemed like a totally different song from right. all the other songs oh, on yeah. that album. Oh, yeah. Like the other ones are kind of proto. It's a good tune. And uh, oh, it's awesome tune. Also, Girls on Film. Great tune. Yeah. And an unbelievable video. Yeah. It was an early MTV music mm-hmm. video with the supermodels, and that was, um, you know, formative. Obviously, I'm an eight year old boy well, seeing it, this for Christ's <laughs> sake. But anyways, besides that, I'm so, hot for teacher. Oh God, formative as well.
so um, they, I'm sure they purchased Duran Duran Rio like days after it was released. And even from the start, like of the Nagel artwork on the front of it, yeah. I was like, this is awesome. So, and it almost like, because I had heard other stuff coming out of my brother's room and, but it, they kind of separated themselves. It seemed to me at least um, with their, with their musicianship. And I mean, I don't know. I, I, I just think it was so a little were, more. They were it was a little more depth that with with mm-hmm. Duran Duran in um, the pop world than there was with other bands. Maybe not. It it got thin at Seven and the Ragged Tiger, but and cheapened. But I think Rio really exposed. I, I, great. I went down that road as well. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I uh, I didn't have a ton of experience with it as a kid as a kid because I was. Tiny. Yeah, how old right. were you when this came out? Let's was, let's get this was, out in the open right two. now. Eighty-two, right? Yeah. I was two. He was he was a toddler. Okay, I was two. So I, I would have been in about fourth grade, or no, actually, fifth or sixth. And so I definitely remember this. This was my other brother, Mark, probably listening to this in his room. Okay. But uh, he was only around occasionally, and uh, probably my brother Steve as well. And that was where I remember hearing it. Didn't really think too much of it. I enjoyed the art. Um, right. That was always my my favorite part about it, but yeah, it wasn't my favorite then. And until this kind of listening, you know, I've, I've it wasn't given, your favorite when you were two. <laughs> well, well, <laughs> as, as it was played through the Turn 80s. this crap up. <laughs> Start crying every time it came on. But I sort of had a, a wrong impression of it. You know, coming back to it now and listening to it through several times, um, I, I started to enjoy it more every every time. And uh, yeah, I definitely particularly enjoy the b-side i agree with you there's a lot more com- there's more complexity going on than a lot of a Pop lot of the others of the time. In, the, in their heyday absolutely um, and i even went back and listened to to some of that to refresh my so memory what songs of, what songs grab you oh let's see uh the chauffeur really like that, oh, was, yeah. the, that was the first it kind of went backwards so you know as the as the album in, continues on i think i i start to sort of dive deeper into it and be able to understand it a little more. Yeah. Um, or, and more of what they're, they're trying to do and what they're working with. Um, there, there's a little bit of a monotony to their music that I find a little, a little, bit. A little irritating, but For sure. that, that's just more my own person. I mean, the drum beats are pretty and standard. It's, and yeah, it's, I mean, it's pop. It's, it's, exactly. it's a typical like five minute pop song, like right. over and over again. Um, but then, yeah, it gets a little weird toward the end and they start to, to definitely experiment with what do you their, mean, what do you mean by weird uh they they layer up and they modulate a little bit more with their there time signatures experimental. and they get a little more experimental with with what they're doing they're they're overlaying good weird multiple multiple levels of mm-hmm. you know, different instruments and different voices at the same time um that starts what maybe last chance or I'm last chance on the stairway? Great tune. That's the thing. And the tempo about. starts to change there, like in the middle of it, and it, it gets it, it starts the, to, it starts to like where it's got the back, backup vocals. Yeah, you know, it's like it sounds like it's you're surfing like, or kind of deep in the background. Yeah. and it kind of, yeah, and it it gets in that bass line. It becomes the, a little it's more always at, the bass line. It's always John Taylor in the bass line. It's yeah. amazing. It's amazing. Sorry to interrupt. Oh you. no. Yeah, it's kind of amazing. I've. Um, as a pop band, I've never heard it driven, a pop band driven by the bass player so much. Maybe 
pretty heavily yeah. bass driven. And, right. and I got to, yeah. you know, Simon Levant does have a really strong voice. He does. Um, no doubt about it. If you it. like it. If you like it. <laughs> but, yet, but yet the guy has range with, with, with strength. Oh, he does. Absolutely. And, I mean, I'm he not saying he's Roy Orbison or anything like that. But, um, you know, and I think, feel it's, like the guitarist has his affectations. But the thing is, you know, uh, for me, this, for me, it's the bass licks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It's totally the bass licks for sure. You know, uh, Nick Rhodes got a lot of attention as the keyboard player. He did at the time. Um, a because keyboards were all the rage, kind of all the rage. Yeah. And but he did. He had he that kind of. He and he was pretty. He was pretty. My sister really that thought so, important. Melissa. You're gonna love this, but yeah. What's so, that? Um, that was very important back then, wasn't it? For sure. Well, it was. It was MTV. MTV. It was the beginning of MTV. I yeah. mean, it was all about the telegenics, and you know, they and whoever you had to put out front, Dave Gahan, you were gonna exactly. put strike. You know, you were gonna get, you know put out front. If you were, you know, a fucking wallflower, you know, they were gonna do anything with you. So. Um, you know, and the thing is, you know, that change MTV changed how songs were written because, okay, your song has to tell a story so we can wrap a video around it. You know, and like, it changed personnel too. Like, you know, it wasn't. You imagine Roy Orbison speaking of in a yeah. music video back in the day. I mean, he wasn't uh, great to look at. Just saying. No, I gotta admit, Roy Orbison is up there. I mean, with Willie McGee, he's one of the man. ugliest people in the history of the earth. <laughs> right. Uh, Keith, <laughs> early Keith Richards is horrible too. I mean, if you've seen early <laughs> Keith Richards, it's like his Adam's apples bigger, bigger than his head. But that's Me- just meatloaf me. has always done it so, for me. Oh yeah, boy, meatloaf is a the sight of that guy ugly. just boils my blood. But, but in any case, you know. So my personal. Uh, kind of deal with Duran Duran um, was uh, I, I had I finally saved up you know this is when you're you're a kid and your your allowance is like 50 cents or something like that right something stupid but believe it or not 50 cents was worth more than any case yeah, that's, when we, vinyl that's was, when we used to tie onions around our belt as was the custom at the time vinyl was like <laughs> eight bucks right I mean uh, no time? vinyl was I mean like you know, a regular album was five ninety nine. Okay, so even, so if you're gonna wow. get Led Zeppelin, it's like six ninety nine or something like that, right? Um, you know, and you bought your shit at Kmart or Musicland or, you know, whatever. Uh, the flip side is where I used to buy my records. Uh, they were everywhere. And my records and my concert tickets. To be honest with you. Oh yeah, that's when record stores used to uh, do the deed, right? Um, any case, I told my brother, I was, uh, yeah, I think I'm going to go out and buy an uh, album tomorrow. I mean, it's like, finally, I've got enough money to buy an album, whatever. And, you know, it was like, whatever, I had seven bucks. And uh, uh, so we, you know, we knew we were going to go to the mall. And uh, uh, so I was like, I think I'm going to buy Air Supply. <laughs> Because like, the air supply was really popular at the time, and my That's brother you need a guide. And my brother said, like he was going to beat me up if I, <laughs> if I. No, I mean he's that probably going to listen. I will to this. buy that man. He a did beer. not beat me up. He did not say he's going to beat me up, but he was like strongly impressed upon me. Do not buy air supply. <laughs> I mean, and it was solely because if this is going to be played at the house, I'm not going to be subjected to this. Going to kill you. <laughs> 
So, so I went in there kind of unguided and found um, Duran Duran. Duran. I'm saying that with the Nick Rhodes accent, actually. Um, and so that's that's so Duran Duran was the first LP I ever bought with my own money. Wow. Um, and you picked a good one. Yeah, I always thought that was really strange that you're the only person I know who like really appreciates it, kind of like I do. Right. I mean, because I, you know, you only have one album. You're going to listen to the hell out of it. Absolutely. Like, looking through your record collection, you're leafing through it pretty quick when you have one album. For sure. And uh, so, you know, of course, you know, Rio was, was a giant hit off of it. And the video to go along with it. I right. mean, that we were was... talking about the. Uh, I actually saw this interview on MTV where they're talking about how they filmed three videos for uh, one hundred eighty thousand dollars, while Stevie Nicks spent three fifty, three hundred fifty thousand dollars. You know, filming something of her spinning around and whatever. You know, yeah, on a soundstage or something. Yeah, like exactly, that. exactly, exactly. So, I'd I'd pick the sailboat in. Uh, that was uh, Rio, right? Right, right, right. right. And then Hungry the like, like the Wolf was like him wearing a uh, fedora. Right, uh, running, hunting, running, running, running through the jungle. Yes, uh, seeking some woman in body paint. It, right. and uh, Formative again in different ways. Mm, yeah, sure, yeah. Not necessarily great ways, but yeah, <laughs> right. formative. That's what they gave to us. <laughs> Sitting in a in a garage at midnight, you know, recording a podcast on GarageBand, appropriately, right? And uh, we're having a pretty good time. I think this is what we all three of us consider like a great night out. Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. Um, I mean, because we I obviously have we live in Chicago. We have entertainment options coming out of the kazoo, and but this is it's a cheap way to entertain ourselves. Us. Yeah, uh, so. Um, and hopefully entertain a few of you. Yeah, in any case, yeah. why don't we and swing it to a break? Eventually we'll entertain too. at least several people. All right, so. why don't we swing it to a break? And uh, we'll be right back after this and uh, talk more about Duran Duran and uh, their effect on, uh, I guess, the second, the second English invasion. So thanks a lot. We'll talk to you in a few minutes. Bye. See you in a few. Bye-bye. Remember, everyone, we want you to submit your formative four. Tell us the musical seeds that set you on your path, and we might review one of your albums right here on the air. 
you can get on our blog at musicchallenge.fireside.fm or email us at musicchallengepod at gmail.com. Also, you can slip into our DMs at musicchallengepod on Instagram. Come as close to four as you can, but if you need more or less, that's all right too. Remember, musicchallengepod at gmail.com and you can hear us discuss one of your albums. So Rob, um, yeah, what came what came behind Duran Duran? I mean, so well to, for me, what came what came behind for me personally, or what? Sure. You, how about start with you personally? Well, you know, obviously radio um, B ninety six, and then like kind of finding my way through that. I was young. It's weird for me to think about this, but I mean, it was nine or ten when Rio came out, and um, you know. It was, pretty aware and listen to it pretty regularly right um ironically you know i swore i was going to be a singer in a band and it wasn't my record so i would write down the lyrics from the from the sleeve you know the vinyl yeah, sleeve. i had it, I had it. yeah oh, oh, yeah no. they were on the inside sleeve i would i would write it down um on a yellow legal pad because uh, these were the songs i was going to be playing one day in singing and yeah in, in, in a band. band right in a, mixed in, in with a Duran Duran cover band, Duran Duran, a famous many Duran Duran cover band. It, and at the time, I wasn't, you know, I didn't know how songs came about. I, think I didn't there is know. One. I, I'm sure there is. Sure I did. I didn't know there was, you know, somebody. The band was writing it. Somebody behind the scenes writing. It. Anyways, so I love this record. And leading up to that was radio, and then to listen to something all the way through the way it was supposed to be listened to, the way the artist kind of saw it was going to be listened to on an album it was kind of a game changer um right and then made me want to get my own albums um and still steal my brother's Duran Duran how uh how so what what albums were those after like what what, what came after like when well, I what started, did Duran Duran inspire you to so that buy. led into in and it led me back and forward of course um it kind of opened my eyes to the whole new wave scene and Depeche Mode was one that really sticks out. Yeah, I went I'd, through the whole Depeche Mode thing. I love Depeche Mode. And it's, it's the only sen- sensible option, sort of, when I abs- go back and re-listen to absolutely. what was coming out around that. Right. Because of the same quality, I would say, but different, um, more towards the the um, they, the craft work thing. Yeah, they were definitely a little... They, they had a little bit electronic. more of a robotic type oh, of yeah. feel. I mean... Absolutely. There were three keyboards but, and a lead singer. Right, I mean. but the front man was <laughs> definitely Simon Lebon esque like, just because he had a I would say he was character. more front man than, yeah. than Simon Lebon. Well, yeah. Even though I never saw Duran Duran. Um, Dave Gahan is certainly like... I mean... He's a front man. Oh, I, yeah. mean, I mean, you either got played or you the don't. dark kind of. I mean, he dated hot models and, well, and you know, and you're trying to. That's not just front man. Well, it's I, how you work the crowd, man. It's how you work. No, I hear you. I hear you. Um, you know, I mean, I'm sure everyone in Duran Duran dated hot models. Oh, at, of course they did. Of various sexualities, I'm sure. Right. And um, yeah. I kind of so, just got off the rails. So, <laughs> so, so from that, obviously Depeche Mode, um, it, 
brought me back to like stuff like big country and then so course, then are we heading to the cure after this? absolutely then the cure and um something something with a little more depth obviously and and then eventually rem which was like my first discovery as a music fan like that's it was right all, it was all mine you said um, you said like you found it you co- bought the album correct right and, and Document was the first one of those that I purchased. But that's what Duran Duran led me to. That's the path, I guess, that it started me on. Sure, sure. Um, so, like, Jed, do you have any experience with R.E.M.? Or are you a fan of R.E.M. in any way? Or? Yeah, I have some experience with R.E.M. Uh, I was I was a little behind the Document days. Like, Automatic for the People was kind of where, where did I, Document where I come out? Great record. Document was what eighty five or eighty seven, maybe. Um, maybe it was eighty seven. Eighty seven, um, and uh, then of course I went backwards with them. But just as you do, um, that was the album I was first made aware of, and right. then I went backwards in Automatic for the People. Great record, but that was in your wheelhouse of age. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, it came in. I actually saw. REM at Alpine Valley in the don't 80s. Don't tell me this. And How have I never heard this story? I don't know because I hardly ever tell it. I don't even know what tour it was. I don't even know what album it was for. It had to be documented, <laughs> You just dude. ended up there. You're it, crushing I did. It was like 88, 89. Okay. And it was like before they renovated Alpine Valley so that it was like a total death trap of a, you know... I mean, it was just kind of a sloping hill. I mean, actually, I... Good luck. Deadly. Here's your seats. Good luck. Well, we were in the lawn. Here's a giant beer. Right. And it was not sold out. Uh, and frankly, I remember looking at the stars a lot and... Right. Chilling Se- out, them so move. to speak. Okay. There, there's one R.E.M. Did album. you have help chilling out? What's the album with Superman on? That is Fables... No, is it Fables of the Reconstruction? I think that might be I like Fables. that album a lot. Yeah, it's good. But I got to admit, I spent, having grown up in a college town, as Champaign, Illinois is. And R.E.M. being the quintessential college band. Right. I spent a good amount of time ignoring R.E.M. Or trying to ignore R.E.M. uh, throughout my high school days. And really, and then Pearl Jam and Nirvana hit as soon as I entered college. And then everything was different. It's funny you say that about you avoiding R.E.M. Because... My older brother, the one that was pretty formative in my music listening and in like what he what he listened to, so I listened to, and then of course, I don't want to be like him. I want to listen to something else sure. as well. I want to have my own discoveries. And I remember talking to him later because he knew I was a huge REM fan, and my older sister, three years older than me, I roped her into him too, so she loves him. Um, but he never talked to us about him ever, and I asked him, and he goes, you know, in... In college, at Champagne, I heard it so freaking much. Like, I was sick of it. And by the time Document came out and... Michael and Stipe Green, has a very specific voice. He does. Much it's like Simon LeBon. It was kind of Agreed. polarizing. And yeah, you're, you're going to like it. And it's very central to the to the music. For sure. If you, if you can, Absolutely. And if you don't you like know, his voice... That's a really good point, is that his voice communicates so much of the message of the music absolutely as in you know you remember that like video where they had where like it was almost like falling down the movie where all the traffic stopped and everyone got out everybody everybody hurts yeah yeah that was Uh, a great yeah that but that was like 
Just the, kill yourself already. It, like, right. I'm but sorry, that, it's, an, it's an emotional, like, like yeah, ex- he's he's seeking emotional exhaustion right. by, from his audience. Or like, he's sometimes. like, you know, he, he's it, almost their cries for help. And, 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 and I guess, you know, he's trying to resonate with the audience where everyone hurts. And that's fine. Of course, that's all of us. Don't let yourself go. So it's kind of for me. It's kind of cheap. I you don't mean, have to make it so yeah. abundantly obvious, is what you're saying. Like, well, it's just like, man, you do hurt, dude. <laughs> I don't yeah. know what else to say. Right, about right, it. yeah. Right. It's just like, wow. Right. I mean, the thing is, I've been into some real. I, I, I guess it's labeled as goth type shit. You know, sure. It is negative and ugly as shit. Oh yeah, and. Uh, Think about Joy Division for Christ's sake. Fucking nine inch nails, man. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, nine inch nails couldn't be more aggressively absolutely. negative. And, and, and the thing is, just, uh, yeah, REM just, I, I guess it's because it, it feels void to me. You know what I mean? Like sure. the emotion yeah. is communicated through negative, like through absence of emotion and, you know, kind of a hollowness or something like that. So, so, so it, yeah. So see, that, that's fascinating because I kind of find. A similar reflection in Duran Duran, a little bit, where it's just, it's just here's this. We're presenting you this thing, and you can receive it. I guess mostly through a television because that's how it was intended. Right? Yeah, I guess absolutely. So. I don't know. And it, you know, for me, it's through a record needle. Yeah, and right. Uh, right. which makes it a little different, right? I mean, if it's. It's, I, I still remember know. the exact spot where my Duran Duran Rio album skipped. Like it was like ten seconds into the first song, it was where he goes, "Cherry ice cream smiles." It, did you, you know sing it? Did it work? Life. Did it work into your like vocals? When oh, you yeah, oh yeah! Oh yeah! Cherry oh, yeah. smiles, and you know it's very nice. That's awesome. Yeah. So I mean, I I'm just guessing at the actual lyrics. I never heard it. So obviously we we're all aware of um, Rio and Hungry Like a Wolf, but it is it is some of the deeper cuts on Rio that kind of get me. And in and we we've mentioned the chauffeur, right? Exactly.
John Taylor's a badass. I gotta say it. He's he was the oh, band. Man. He drove that. I mean, drove, to me, he's like a studio bass player. Absolutely, right? yeah. absolutely. And e- even things like My Own Way, right after Rio, um, mm. Hold Back the Rain. I mean, these were just to me super super important sure. songs. Super important songs. Like something like even as sappy as Lonely in Your Nightmare. I mean, that paved the way for these. Um, New Religion's pretty good. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. But that second side is like the chauffeur, save a prayer, uh, last chance on on the stairway. Stairway. Yeah. And uh, I and, think there's actually five songs on this. And the chauffeur getting a little bit of psychedelic working in there. I think we talked about this earlier. A little bit, yeah. It's yeah. got this, it gets really kind yeah, of. they start to explore a lot more. Yeah, it's there. almost like the producer decided, or, you know, decides that he's going to. Uh, we're, we're dip gonna, his hand into it a little bit. So. We're gonna go out there a little bit. Please hang up and try again. Into laughter. Laughing is fine. Ah. <laughs> or that. I am laughing. That's how I laugh. That's how you laugh. Yeah. I've never heard you laugh before. It sounded like what? that. It sounded. It, it sounded like that. Sounded <laughs> like, like that. Mr. I mean, Burns. Not like that. It almost sounded <laughs> like that. Clay. It sounded like that clay thing on Giggle Snort Hotel. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking <laughs> That's about. That's out there. Ro 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 ro. You don't remember that guy? See some eyes that say, "Don't you want to go on a date with me, Florence?" Yes. All right. Hang on there now. Hang on there. Now listen. I'm not going to send you out looking like any old ragtag either. We are going to do the hotel statuary up in fine style. Look at this bow tie. Little bow tie there. Oh, I agree. Oh, oh, oh. It was awesome. What's is that? Another thing from like pre my lifetime? Yes, you had no idea. Giggle snort hotel. I have no idea. It was written by a bunch of people on LSD. It had to be. If you go back, and where watch did you it, find it? Did you ever see those? I used old, to watch it when I was a what? kid on did Channel Forty Four. W. Uh, what was Forty Four? I don't know. All I knew is they had Speed Racer, uh, Giggle Snore Hotel, and um, uh, Speed what Racer. is that? What is that dog? Underdog. Underdog, underdog. with the little pill under his ring. I want. So you're not talking about Channel Thirty Two, right? You're talking no about, Channel okay. Forty Four, or right. maybe it was Channel Thirty Two. I don't know. But I just remember turning the dial. I think I had to flip it to UHF or VHF, however you had to do yeah, it. To turn yeah, 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 to flip yeah. between the ears. And now, shit. Right, Jed, yeah. Jed's like, what the Jed, fuck? Time no, I remember. I, I had a clicky. Yeah, I had a clicky did. TV. Yeah. My dad would be like, stop turning that thing so goddamn fast. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I know. I remember that. You're bringing <laughs> back the memories. Right? Hard. Don't turn it so fast. You're going to break it off. fucking TV if you keep doing that. Right. And, this is why we know, can't have nice things. Yeah, well, I mean, my dad worked in... TV media, so he acted like the whole damn thing was made of solid gold. And then, like, you know, but there were times when our TV would break, and then we'd have a nine-inch black-and-white TV sitting on top of the big TV. Oh, And we yeah. would get so used to it that, like... You'd turn that color TV on, it'd be like well, you were like looking we through a like window. it wouldn't even turn on. And, and so, like, we'd have a guest over, and they're like, why are you watching a nine-inch black-and-white TV <laughs> on top of your 32-inch color TV? It's so like, oh, I forgot. I don't even because realize. of course the 32 inch color TV was one of those wooden surrounded yeah, console TVs. Console that someone had to on come the floor. and fix. Right, the Not TV repair man yanking that damn thing in there. Back to uh, back to Duran Duran or the formative. True, uh, where the that of. where that where that pushed me. Um, I think we ended at REM. 
Oh, yes, 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 R.E.M. But deeper than that, of course, R.E.M. opened some um, some indie or punk doors as well. Um, uh, that's very true. Yeah, I can see that. It's It started getting me to explore some of that Black Flag and um, which was completely different. Was college right? radio really a thing before REM? I, I I don't know, but I'm pretty positive that they were like one of the formative artists on college radio, and one of the big influences back in the day was WXRT. Like college radio stations would look to WXRT's like okay you know, what they were playing. And yeah, that WXRT would, was always kind of the pulse. Exactly. So but that when was, I came it was like the pulse of college radio right. almost. So I mean, like when I came to like I didn't grow up in Chicago. I grew up, uh, you know, at closest ninety miles away. So we didn't get XRT. Right. We also right. didn't get Channel Thirty Two. So when I when I as soon as I got to within sound range of Chicago, we turned on XRT. Hell that yeah. Was, that was like, what's going on? Right. But it wasn't about so much the new music as like you could be driving in and they might throw on some. Beggar's Banquet, Rolling Stones, or something like that. And you have some sort of fantastic experience, you know, driving in, listening to that. Right, or some old, old school blues. I mean, they were, their, their format was all over the place and it was all dependent on the DJ. Yeah, I got to admit now, not such a fan. No, I mean, I have no no idea why Midnight Oil has been, you know, it's formulated, elected one of the, uh, you know, algorithms, yeah, has, right. Has somehow, you know, the algorithm found Midnight Oil. Absolutely. Yeah. All I have to say is, try again. I don't know when that radio station changed, but it went. They it were, shifted. I actually yeah, do know. Yeah, they, it, it shifted ownership at one point, right? And, and it came away from being the precise music lover station to absolutely a much less every know, other radio form. station. Yeah, right. Which has got to be crazy. For some of those old school DJs on XRT to have to not, to now be part of this, like you know, big Duran Duran, really they did achieve uh, a certain amount of, uh, well, a certain amount. I mean, they were huge on the radio, not as huge as some bands got, sure. Um, but I mean, I think you know, on the hugeness scale, they probably got a four out of five or something like that. You know, they right. not every song on the album got released as a single. Agreed. That kind of shit, you know. Whatever. Well, until I, and you can, if, if we're talking about that, Seven and the Ragged Tiger had a good string of. of was that was the Reflex was on? Yes, yeah. exactly. I mean, I, had, that, I bought that album too. So as came out. It, my sister had it, and we listened to that too. Yeah, it also had a, a New Moon on Monday, which uh, I hated, but that was like the, the first single and video off it, which got usually released before. Yeah, was that so. was that worse than the reflex though? The reflex was pretty freaking irritating. I actually love the reflex. Okay, I mean I don't love it now, but at the time, at well, the everybody time it was loved like it. my jam. Uh, everybody, I a nice. I mean, you know, the video is appealing to look at. Formative for, again. Formative for reason. again. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It just. You know, the reflex, yeah, let's all do the reflex, whatever the F that means. Flex, 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 flex. Whatever flex. the fuck that means. I don't know why I'm saying F. Um, uh, I'm not There's trying to recuse myself right from swearing. He's recusing himself from swearing. <laughs> yeah. So, in any case, that was Jeff, uh, Jeff Drew, set, Drew's Jeff, children or Jeff session style recusing himself from swearing. Yeah, I'm not the one swearing. Oh, shit. Um, 
but uh, so I'd say in the way Duran Duran, you know, really kind of opened up. Um, I mean, this is just my opinion. My, you know, well, I mean, it was formative for you too. So yeah, it was, and I'm trying to figure out where it kind of went, and it kind of it was a pop vein. For well, <laughs> that's funny, a vein to other pop music for sure. Um, can I say that it was like a branch? Yeah, I'm not sure because I'm not sure it led to like a group of bands. Sure. That, um, but you know, I mean, the thing is, you know, you were right. You know, like it kind of all goes all down that really English path. Absolutely. Of of you know whatever was coming down you know the pipe from England. Right. Exactly. Which at the time made a difference. I mean, it doesn't now because it's just so mixed and whatever. It didn't. Um, but like at the time, it was a just kind of a distinct sound. So For, absolutely. So, you know, Jed, any last thoughts on uh, Duran Duran Rio? No, my, my only last thought would be uh, if you listen to it and don't like it, maybe listen to it again and try to find something. Yeah. <laughs> I listen to it. I was, I was amazed. Is everything. I was amazed as I, as I continued to listen to it multiple times how I began to enjoy it and pick up, new, yeah. you know. Yeah, just, I mean, it's not I, a bad I, I, album. I had never sat there and developed an experience with that album. I mean, sometimes you, it's, nor sometimes did you it's th- worth it. Yeah, nor did you think you were going to. That's obviously part, partly why we're doing this. Because yes, we all respect each other's musical tastes. We respect each other. We're of yeah. different age groups. That's the whole point. Absolutely. You know, right now we're talking about stuff that, you know, Jed did not experience in vivo like Rob and I did. But, you know, it's coming. Oh, yeah. It's coming. <laughs> Don't you think it's not coming? <laughs> it's definitely coming. Yeah, well, you know, I'm sitting here talking about I don't know what's one of your favorite bands, Cheese Slicer Two Thousand or something like that. <laughs> I don't even, I don't know what email to listen to. Cheese Slicer Two Thousand, some sort of DJ Del- Deltron, Deltron. Deltronic, something. No, not Deltron. All right, we're all over. So the place. that was Duran Duran, and uh, we will uh, take a short break. Thank you, guys. Thank, Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Rob. And that was Rob's formative album, uh, not necessarily in order, but for the first episode. And next up is Jed with "Remain in Light." So take it easy, and we'll talk to you in a few. See you guys. Bye bye. <laughs>